This is Urban Tiger Radio, a project supported by CybermouseMultimedia.com, sponsors of our free weekly podcasts. Search for Urban Tiger Radio in the iTunes Store or on Stitcher.com and hit the subscribe button to receive free automatic downloads. Please remember to share and rate our show before you leave. Browsing by Bill Allerton As Terry Pratchett once similarly said in an article, everyone writes the mystery bookshop short story when they're setting out. This bookshop usually has a hidden room with a book as the trigger to open a secret door and then whisk you away to the literary equivalent of Barsoom, Narnia or Discworld, where you can superhero, spy or magic your heart out. These bookshops are all about new beginnings and the realisation of inner dreams of super-transcendence of all the ills of society and your own distorted, unsatisfactory life in particular. Jung or Freud might have liked to comment on that last statement, but they're not here right now. All you have is me. So stay with me. We're going somewhere. Unlike Doug, who was only browsing, really. Browsing by Bill Allerton The books racked unevenly along the shelf, as if each spine vied for Doug's attention. He picked a volume at random, but his fingers slipped across the leather-grain cover as if they didn't wish to be a part of it. He tried to open it, but couldn't hold it still long enough for it to let him inside to share the pages, and the musty waitingness of a second-hand book. Doug put it back before he dropped it. He took a moment to look around. The shop was quiet, on one of those days where rain can only offer puddles, and the sun a pale reflection along a pale street in February, the least distinct month of the year. Doug hadn't noticed the shop before, although the district wasn't unfamiliar as a kind of passing-through place and now that he was inside he found walls aged with bitter wallpaper greens and dark Victorian brown lacquers. On other days, winter browsers with their warm knee-length overcoats might have dispelled the silence, their small dogs tied patiently to drainpipes outside the door, and the shop echoing to the sound of their polite coughing. Today, though, it was only Doug and the sound of someone rustling around like dried leaves behind the curtain over against the back wall. He picked up another volume, and that too slid through his fingers before coming to rest against the raised lapel of his jacket. Patiently, he fumbled it back onto the shelf before lifting his fingers and stroking them against the pad of his thumb. He shrugged and reached for another book. "'May I help you?' The voice jarred Doug's arm from its path, and he turned around. A small, dark man, with skin the colour of leaves in their autumn heaps of copper and gold, had appeared beside him. His voice was dry with the sound of birds nesting. The colours lapped his skin like pin feathers where the sparse silver grain of hair met his scalp. Outside, Doug realised, the wind might have pushed this man across a season into winter, a season to which he himself tried never to listen. He stepped back, 
and with the sound of a thousand rushes dry on a dark night, the man followed him. May I help you? Doug's throat parched, and the words clung to his tongue like moss on a rock. The man smiled, lighting the shadow of his face with pearl. You were just browsing, I know. I saw the bus. He turned around to face the window. In the pale daylight, the man's clothes were creased and layered, so they seemed to move and slide one over the other as he turned, the jacket fitting like a child's hand-wrapping in brown paper. Doug half-expected the trousers to be frayed at the cuff, birch-twig besoms chafing, showering dusts of leaf as he moved. He took a step forward, and something crushed and whispered beneath his feet. He looked across the street to where the bus perched as if it had staggered to a halt on one front wheel and been unable to rise again. The control light on the roadworks flashed red, then green, flickering patiently in the headlights of stalled cars. Buses, said the man. Doug swallowed and found his voice. Hmm, mostly reliable. The man nodded gently. Oh yes, mostly. The man moved further along the window, and Doug found himself following the sweet moss scent of his skin. Across the road, a border of cones had been raised, splashing red and white into the puddle shimmer. Doug watched as two men in coveralls manoeuvred a large piston jack into place beneath the axle. One of them pumped the handle, while men in dark uniforms moved ominously closer. The man turned away from the window and smiled up at Doug. Timing, you see, is everything. As the man spoke, there was autumn in his breath, where Doug himself breathed like the midsummer rub of book on leather on wood. They stood for a moment, mingling seasons with the books surrounding them perched high along the dark, fast-flowing rivers of mahogany shelf. As always... Doug was fascinated by the weight of papers and their capacity to haul words pushed so heavily into them. As a reader, he'd found the sanctity of their language responsibility sometimes too hard to bear. He pulled himself away from that thought. They'll send a replacement, he said. He watched lines chafe across the man's face as he replied. They usually do. The man stroked his finger along a dark stream of shelf, rubbing patiently at the brass scroll corner plate. Doug looked across the road, unsure of himself and the man, unsure of the sounds and smells that led his thoughts to a season away, back into late fields with bright high moons and crushed, silvered stalks. He scanned the shop, trying to decide which of the numerous racks was hiding the door from his sight. The man's voice tugged him gently back. You won't need it. Doug peered through the space above a double row of books, all slim and tightly bound with the same leather, and identically grain as the first he'd touched. He was angry now. Which way did I come in? The man's face was cast in sudden shadow. Doug felt he ought to apologise. The sudden change in mood was alien to him, but the way the shop slid itself around him with its bitter warm colour and leather-bound reassurance was deeply unsettling. 
I'm sorry. You were right. I was only browsing. The man smiled in return. There is only one way in. Doug paced the wall alongside the window and rubbed his hands over the embossed grapes and tart apple greens of the wallpaper where he had assumed the door to be. He would have sworn to it having been there. A small recess in the depth of the brickwork, wearing dark ears of varnish, and a bell hung silent on the end of its brass spring, waiting for the catch-plate to set it tingling in his memory, like, like it never did. How did you know I was here, said Doug. The bell never rang. I knew someone would come, said the man, just the way I did. Doug stared over him to the window and looked outside. The bus was more upright now and the men in coveralls were standing silent while their uniforms were bent and attentive to something flowing like a dark river from beneath the radiator. He placed both hands against the glass, just to feel them reel, the cold etching into the joints. The man moved up beside him and together they watched the scene across the road. In their reflection, Doug thought, they made a crude imbalance, with himself the full ripe here and now, skin pushed from beneath by a promise of time to come, and the man beside him, a dry, flaking husk, from which life had stolen every passage and fluid. Across the road, the men untangled something vaguely human from beneath the axle, wrapped it in a shroud and carried it away. Doug couldn't see what it was, but a man's reflection beside his smiled and nodded. Who are you? said Doug. The man reached a darkly thumbed volume from a nearby shelf. He serried the leaves with a finger until it opened the page, with a pen brushed casually from his pocket. The man drew a line through Doug's name, then handed him the book and pen. I was the bookkeeper, he said. over the racks and cast your reeds upon the rolling waves. Just lay your fingers on the rails and you will find that without fail vibrations from the engine room. They're gonna get you home safe soon. Well, that's all for this week's show, folks. I hope you enjoyed your free podcast from Urban Tiger Radio. And if you've hit that subscribe button, you'll be hearing from us again in a week's time. So it's a goodbye from me and a... from Nelly. Bye-bye.